There you go. University of Oklahoma quarterback Dylan Gabriel talking about throwing the ball around in the backyard, two-minute drill to win the championship, waiting for opportunities like this. And it's got to be incredible, right, to go to UCF, which is a good school. I'm not saying it's not, but to go to UCF, uh, have a couple of great years, Quarter or coach leaves, you get injured, and you're kind of you're kind of in limbo. Uh, you take a flyer, UCLA. They haven't done much, but you know Chip Kelly's there, and then Oklahoma calls. Like that's got to be, that's got to be like just a crazy whirlwind that he oh, went man. on during that whole time, right? Yeah, I mean, you can you can definitely say that OU hit the jackpot in, in that situation, and that can definitely be true, but he certainly did. I, I mean, the difference in playing for, like, just forget the coaching staffs, man. Like, think about the situations. The difference in playing for UCLA this year compared to OU, it's not even close, man. And I, it, it's hard to accurately describe or to accurately know what it's going to eventually do for his draft stock. But you got to think that being in this situation compared to that one is probably going to end up doing quite a bit for his draft stock. Yeah. Um, Josiah Wagner commits to Oklahoma. That's right. He says, up the score now. I'm all in. Hashtag OUDNA. Four-star corner? How about that? You like it? From the state of Washington. OU now has two of the top six prospects in the state of Washington for 2023. Uh, should we go plant the flag out there? What's going on? Um, hmm. Probably just kind of a random luck of the draw. Or luck of the draw. I don't know. However you want to classify it. But uh, not going to be typical stomping grounds I wouldn't think for Oklahoma but that's big time I don't know what we got bumped out of the nine slot who was it Miami is no, that who it was? Bama Bama got the number one player in Europe last week so Bama ended up jumping uh, OU and LSU so they're up to number eight OU currently is at number 10 but they're right behind LSU and right behind Alabama so there's a chance that when this is updated OU moves back up to that nine spot is getting the number one player in Europe the same as getting the number seven player in Wyoming? Um, let me see what he's actually ranked as. Uh, he is a four-star. The number – okay, no, this is Connecticut, I think. I'm trying to find who it is. Uh, maybe he goes to high school in Connecticut or whatever the situation. But he was ranked as the number one, 122 player nationally. Like, if, he, if he's from Europe, how could he be the 122nd player nationally? Olus Allenen. Yeah. Well, he's probably only Yeah, he's at a school like in Winds one year. Windsor, Connecticut is technically where he's at now. Uh, you think Saban saw him on a vacation to Finland or something and is like, hey, we got to get that kid well, stateside. Uh, Saban doesn't vacation anywhere outside of his lake house in Georgia. We know that. It was someone else that did the dirty work. Oh, well, maybe it was Miss Terry over there on vacation. <laughs> a girl's that, a girl trip. Him. Hey, Nick, girl's I saw trip, this yeah. old tackle from Europe. He's great. Give him a call. They were doing one of those Viking cruises, you know, through Scandinavia and happened upon this Olus Allenen kid. Huh. 
That's God. That's you know what? Well, as much as we joke, that is totally something that would happen for Nick Saban. Miss Terry goes on a girls' trip to Europe, and they end up landing an <laughs> offensive tackle who's going to be a beast and probably the number one overall pick in a few years. God. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't. Um, you know, just start adopting children from abroad and living right there. How at do the you Saban know they? Household. How do you know they haven't? I wouldn't put it past them. <laughs> I don't. Anything to win. I don't. I don't. Uh, recruit his own kids that would be uh that would be great uh what if any movement will this give the university of oklahoma whenever it comes to the recruiting rankings um i'm gonna go ahead and factor in that they're also getting Derek leblanc on thursday four-star defensive lineman those two would they jump lsu and they jump alabama they get close to jumping tennessee i think they'll probably be at like number eight by the end of the week really pushing for that number seven spot yeah okay well that's a good deal but remember, that, quarter, remember, the staff can't recruit. you, you got to go with the national narrative here. Like, <laughs> these guys clearly can't get it done. Hey, hey, you can't bring in a top eight class to Oklahoma. Come on, man. It's The recruiting is in shambles. I read that article on Longhorn's Wire like four weeks ago. Yeah. Well, they got the five-star quarterback. They got a highly rated wide receiver in the Petaway kid. We've got several offensive linemen. We've got two four-star running backs. Uh, we got backers. We got an edge guy that sounds like he's knocking on the door of being a five-star. Um, we got inside backers. Like the only thing we're really missing right now is the defensive line, right? The interior. Yeah. So, uh, and I guess we—that's th- our first defensive back. Too in this well, class. and those those, um, those those are coming. Like I yes, yeah. as of like before today, that was the one spot. I mean, interior D line, sure, but that was the one spot that you needed with this class is DBs. But you got one today. Jacoby Johnson at Mustang is a heavy OU lean. Um, those those guys are coming. Macari Vickers from Tallahassee. You'll you'll be okay there. Now the kid from Mustang, I is he a five star? No, he's a four star. Four star. But he's a lot listed, of people. Th- yeah, I I don't know if people think he's a five star. He's listed as a four star athlete, but the thought is he's going to be a defensive back here. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Well, good stuff. They keep coming. They keep coming. You're right. Pretty good for a team that's in shambles. Yeah. Pretty good for yeah. a team that's in shambles. And I'm not saying that I was one of these people. I mean, there was a time in May where it was okay. Uh, <laughs> Well, uh, this I think the staff will get it going in recruiting. I I know that they will. I'm just you know curious what the timeline looks like. It does seem kind of dumb now to doubt that this staff was ever going to be able to recruit at a high level. Now, will they ever get the number one overall class? I don't know about that, but I don't think you need the number one overall class to win a national championship. At least they didn't at Clemson. Like, of course. The pedigree that this staff has and the relationships it has in the southeast and different areas of the country, of course this staff was going to recruit. So OU, by the end of the week, I think they may be in the top eight. That shouldn't be surprising to anyone. Of course Brent Venables and Todd Bates and DeMarco Murray and Jeff Levy, of course these guys can recruit. That shouldn't have been a surprise to anyone. Right, yeah. Nope, I'm right there with you. Right there with you. Well, 
I'm just waiting for 24-7 to um, to update to see if they jump LSU or not. They are not updating yeah. this uh, 17th commitment. 17th commits, and they have 11 players from different states. And you kind of reference it. I don't know if that's going to be the norm or not, but this has shown me that this staff is not afraid to go to New Jersey, to Pennsylvania, to the state of Washington, to Utah – if they evaluate a kid that they really like, and they've done that several times in this class, a three-star backer out of Pennsylvania, whatever, we've evaluated him and we Pichotti. really like him. Yeah, I mean, just kind of all over the country. They, I, I feel like they're really busting their A right now to get out, evaluate kids, and find guys that they really like. Yep, 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 yep. And, 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 and the rankings have shown, too, that – you know, they'll initially get a commit from a three-star player, and then the recruiting services maybe take a deeper look at this three-star backer that OU has just got a commit from, and they say, oh, okay, after further review, we understand what this staff is seeing right now. We are going to give this player a bump. P.J. Adabare is a case of that. Samuel Omasigo is a case of that. There are, there's, you know, a few cases of – People saying, okay, what does OU see in him? All right, we see it more. Yeah, they're right. They, they deserve a little bit of a, a higher ranking here. Right. Yeah. That's right. Well, um, I don't know. I think it is a really, really, really good sign uh, with where they're starting off. And we've talked about it before. But just so people have a bit of a reference – Clemson won a national championship in 16 and 18, 18, right? Yep, that's right. 16 and 18. Okay. So here are their recruiting classes leading up to those specific years. Okay. So I went back to 2012 because, like, if you read, if you signed in 2012 and you redshirted, you still being on that uh, 2016 national championship team. Okay. So. In 2012, they were the number 20 recruiting class. In 13, they were 15th recruiting class. In 2014, they were the 16th recruiting class. In 2015, the highest class, number 9. And in 2016, they were 11. And if you'd like to carry it on, 2017, after they won the championship, they had the 16th recruiting class. And in 2018, they had the seventh recruiting class. Never been in the top five. Only of those, what is that, six years, they were only inside the top ten twice at number nine and at number seven. It's crazy. So that's kind of what my whole point has been is culture's everything, baby. It's the culture. They're going to get talented players. Now, are they going to be rated high? Are they going to be all five stars? Well, perhaps not, but I think Oklahoma has a better opportunity at recruiting those type of players than Clemson does, historically. So like, I expect them to recruit way better than these numbers, but like, that's to me, that's only a piece of the equation, and it's not the biggest piece of the equation. So 
think it bodes well. Yeah, I, I'd say in um, Clemson really seems like they bucked the trend of you have to have consecutive top five classes to win a title because LSU will definitely throw in some good classes. Bama, I mean, they got the number one recruiting class every year, it feels like. But for Georgia to get over the hump and finally win one, they had to have a nice little string of top five classes. But nah, Clemson, that has not been the case. The one thing that they were getting, though, or they started to get, I feel like, that clearly OU needs to do, they, they were they were starting to get elite defensive linemen. They were getting elite defensive right. linemen, and they were developing those guys. So that's that's really the next step here. But they're well on their way to doing that. Right. What's crazy is that 2018 recruiting class, that's the last one I went to, they were number seven in the country. Tyler, they had five five-stars that year. Oh, yeah. And they were the number seven class in the country. That's insane. That's whenever Georgia really got rolling with their seven five stars. But, no, I mean, I think – but here's the thing. Those things are coming, right? Like, those those players are coming. Those defensive linemen, it's coming. Like, this class, you may get in on some of these guys. I'm optimistic. Next year's class – they are thought to be the leader on several five-star defensive linemen. So they're, I feel like they're in a good place it, right now. Yeah, that 2018 class for Clemson is interesting because at this point, they are the second-best program in college football. They were a possession away from winning it in 2015. They did win it in 2016, and then they were back to the playoff in 2017. They were the second-best program in the sport. Now, they landed five five-stars, and that's great, but they only signed 17 kids, and five of those guys, Teddy, were three-stars. So nearly a third of their class were three-stars. And fans around here freak out if OU gets a commitment from a three-star, acting like he's not any good. All that to say is, even during that time, when Clemson was the second-best program in the sport, they weren't star-chasing. They didn't really care. If you can play, you can play. If they evaluated as someone that could help you, be it three, four, and five star, they didn't. Ca- they didn't care even at the height of w- when they really had it going out there. So yeah, yep. I, yeah. I mean, I think it's a perfect perfect example. Of this staff. I don't necessarily think this staff at OU is ever going to have the number one overall class in terms of ranking, but it can have the number one overall class in terms of what it looks like three or four years after it signs. Because, yes, culture, you mentioned it, but I think the staff's really going to develop, man. I think they're really yeah. going to develop what they have. I do, too. And just scanning through some of these recruiting classes, right, the five-star players that are on there, aren't there right, most of the guys that you are you really think about whenever you think Clemson? Skalski, the – uh, stud linebacker that led that defense for what seemed like a decade, three-star inside linebacker, right? Like Those are the type of guys that they've taken and really, really developed and turned into excellent, excellent football players. That's, that's ho- what you hope to replicate here. All right, quick timeout. Final hour rolls on, hanging, on or hanging out here at FSBO Homes. You can check them out online, fsbohomes.com, or give them a call, 405-594-7911. They've got a group, qualified professionals to help guide you from pricing all the way to the final sale of your home. They're going to help you get it marketed right, great pictures, 
uh, appraised early so you set the price exactly where you need to uh, to get that house off the market and sold. And uh, the best thing is you know exactly what you're going to get. you got an upfront free fee and a fee paid at closing. No surprises in there, and you're going to save a ton of money over uh, going the traditional route. So check them out, FSBO Homes. We'll be back. Final hour, it is the rush on the ref. God, can I just get the uh, last part of that? Switzer saying you're not going to get rings at A&M is my mm. ringtone. I love that. That is uh, That comment has withstood is, the test of time, by the way. Yeah, it's so – that is the quintessential uh, Barry Switzer story recruiting um, what – he had already announced, Boz had already announced that he was going to A&M. And I can, I can hear someone telling Coach Switzer right now, well, the, you know, the, the Bosworth kids, he's going to go to A&M. Oh, hell, I'm dropping Hell, he right is. Now. Yeah, he left immediately. <laughs> Came back with this guy. Oh, man. Oh, man, it's so funny, man. I absolutely love it. Yeah, saw Coach Switzer today at the luncheon. He looked good. He uh, he he still got it. He still got his fastball. I think. I'm looking at uh, ESPN right now. How 20 college football teams become legit national title contenders. All right. Um, so hmm. certain teams have a certain number of ifs. So for instance, Alabama only has two ifs. If key transfers come up big in the skill core, and if a younger set of corners is also a better set, all right? Ohio State only mm-hmm. has two ifs. Georgia only has two ifs. Clemson only has three ifs, as does Texas A&M, LOL. Notre Dame only has three ifs. And then we get to the four, which includes Utah, Michigan, and Oklahoma. Uh, and Oklahoma State, hmm. by the way. Wow. Hmm. I don't know how. <laughs> yeah. OU has That's four only... ifs on if they're going to be a national yeah. title contender this year. I'm sure they're going to be great ifs. Uh, if number one, G5 to P5 transfers thrive on defense. Talking about TD Roof, CJ Colden, Jonah Lou, um, they didn't mention Jeffrey Johnson in here, but he would be a G5 to P5. But, yeah, that's if number one. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I guess that that is a legitimate if, but you don't need, you don't need all of those guys. I, okay, you've got – they list T.D. Roof on here. I think he's going to be a guy that you can depend on. And he's not going to be a starter. So, like, that really doesn't fit. 
Um, CJ Colden at cornerback, he's going to be in the in the conversation, but I, there's there's so much depth there. Where what do you say? Eight guys maybe playing at corner that. It's not like you're re- totally re- reliant on him. Uh, Luulu from Hawaii, it's kind of the same thing with him. I mean, I like the size and some of the things that he offers. He gives you some depth there, but it's not like you've got to rely on him over Ethan Downs, a defensive end. Really, you're just you're essentially just talking about your quarterback. So you think, right? if, no, you think if number one sucks. That's the tone I'm getting from you. Yeah, it, they should have just said, if uh, the G five to P five quarterback works, like, yeah. I mean that's yeah, that's really it. Uh, if number two, if at least one young stud emerges in the secondary, yeah, well, Billy I think Bowman, that's going to happen. If Billy Bowman counts, then I mean he's a sophomore, so yeah, then yes, I think it's going to happen as well. Can I just say, and maybe this is. Maybe this is me taking it wrong. But as I scroll through these ifs from Alabama and Ohio State and Georgia and Clemson and Texas A&M, Notre Dame, Utah even, I don't see any of the, uh, the G5 to P5 transfer talk. Right? That's strictly an Oklahoma thing. And... I take it as a slap in the face. You should. That, that well, Oklahoma, they're, they're depending on group of five players to come in and play at power five level and thrive, and uh, they're so down talent-wise that they had to go to Hawaii, Wyoming, and Appalachian State to get players, and if those players don't work, it's not, they're not going to make it. I, I feel like that is a blatant slap in the face to Oklahoma, and it doesn't really even begin to approach the actual narrative here at OU. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah, text line is right. It's a waste of time and analysis. I'll just read off the next two. If the Dylan Gabriel-Jeff Levy marriage is still dynamite and if a revamped receiving core is as good as it looks. It's not revamped. Marvin Mims has been a leading receiver for you. He's back. Thea Wees has been here. Drake Stoops has been here. But, okay. It's just – it's group think on OU this year is it's what it is. And a lot of it's inaccurate. Yeah. Well, the text line is correct. It's a waste of time. But everything that we do on this show essentially is a waste of time. Well, if we're referencing <laughs> – right? we've referenced ESPN <laughs> twice today – on uh, what they think about OU, really just college football in general. It's like, huh, do they have a baseline understanding of what's going to happen this year or what's really going on? It sure doesn't feel like it. Whether they try to do, like, numbers or percentages or just overall evaluation, it's, okay, it's an odd take there, ESPN. Right. Well, um, I like, I just compare it to our ifs to Texas A&M's if. Well, if G5 to P5 transfers thrive on defense, well, those guys I wouldn't say are going to thrive on defense. So you can throw that if completely out, and like, it's not even needed. Uh, if at least one young stud emerges in the secondary, I think that's legitimate that it could happen. Um, the Dylan Gabriel-Jeff Levy marriage still dynamite? Like, 
I expect that to totally happen. And if a revamped receiving core is as good as it looks, call it revamped if you want, whatever, the receiving core is going to be good. Like Those ifs are all totally manageable. But then you look at Texas A&M's ifs, and you know, they have them at plus 2,500 to win the championship, and I don't know where they got those numbers from, but their number one if is if a star quarterback emerges. I, are you? Go- they have to create one out of thin air. Zach Calzada and Max Johnson, who both have previous playing experience, and guess what? Not star quarterbacks. So you're going to have to conjure that one out of thin air. Um the other one, down at the bottom, if stars emerge up front, I, these you're asking things for them to conjure something out of nowhere that they haven't shown to have. I guess they've had some, some big-name defensive line play and, and offensive line play, but, I mean, it just goes back to the whole point, though, that the whole thing is ridiculous, and it's it's you totally just – Throw a bunch of word salad together and scatter them against the wall and that's, see what sticks. Yeah, no, no, that's what it is. I mean, look, a legitimate if, and and this just proves that they don't really know uh, what they're talking about. They're not. There's no like real analysis. And if is an offensive line uh, thing for OU. I mean, you have to if you're going to mention an if for OU, you've yeah. got to mention offensive line. It should have been the first thing that yeah. was mentioned, but it's yes. nowhere in sight. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, offensive line. And I would say I would say the biggest ifs for Oklahoma is number one the offensive line just like you hit um, because they're going to have a bunch of new players on the offensive line. Can they be a cohesive group? Can any of the players emerge as stars uh, like big time legitimate NFL type of prospects? Uh, right there, if they can develop a pass rush, right? Yes. You look at the numbers that are gone from last season. I mean, that's a legitimate production uh, uh, question that you have to ask about Oklahoma. Uh, the the defensive line, your top three sackers, Isaiah Thomas, Winfrey, and Benito are gone. Can you replace that production? That is a legitimate if. I, 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 would, I would totally agree with that. Uh, by the way, back to things that actually make sense. Uh, 24-7 has registered the four-star commitments about 30 minutes ago for Josiah Wagner, four-star corner out of Washington. They jumped LSU. They also jumped Alabama. So OU currently sits as the number eight class in the country. Uh, and might want to go ahead and think that a four-star defensive lineman's committing on Thursday. So, dang. How about that? Yeah. I... I did not expect him to jump Bama with that commitment. I mean, they ever so slightly did, but they're they're at number eight now. They are at number eight. Um, yeah. If you're a casual observer of recruiting, Ohio State's got the number one class, Notre Dame at two, Georgia at three, Texas at four, Penn State at five, Clemson at six, Tennessee at seven, OU at eight, Bama at nine, and LSU at ten. USC back at 13. Yeah. I saw USC did get a commitment over the weekend. What they got that, um, like the safety slash backer kid out of uh, Louisiana that's supposed to be a good player, the Tackett Curtis kid. Yeah. Um, highly ranked four-star. Four-star linebacker but, is uh, what he plays. Mm-hmm. 
back on the uh, yep. 18th. But uh, uh, they've been they've been uh, striking out quite a bit on offensive linemen. And there's a thought, the scuttlebutt is that they're going to have a five-star wide receiver that decommits soon. So whereas right now it sits as the number 13 class, it feels like all their big fish have already been landed. Um, and they might have a five-star wide receiver decommit. It's looking like right now that OU is going to have a definitely a higher-ranked class than USC does. And what an interesting narrative that that is. I'm wondering how some people out West are going to spin that if Brent Venables has this uh, higher-ranked recruiting class after just one year. Because I was told that's the one thing that Lincoln was going to do is own the West Coast in recruiting. Ain't happening so far. Now, now, hang on a second. You dropped a bomb casually and just kept on talking there. Yes. They may have a five-star wide receiver decommit. Parker hinted that like four times in the past week. Yeah, Zachariah uh, Branch, four or five-star wide receiver out of Bishop Gorman. What's the? Where's he gonna go? Uh, maybe A and M. Maybe A and M. Oh man. Okay. Classic case of getting outbid. Dang it. You got to hate that for Southern Cal, don't you? Yeah. Doug and Norman says, you guys are so totally right. Nobody else in the country knows anything. Keep up the great work. <laughs> Appreciate it, Doug. Exactly right. Exactly Some guys right. are right. It's just the, the people that are wrong are ESPN, uh, the Cover 3 podcast, uh, On 3, um, The Athletic, Am I forgetting anyone else? Bud Elliott. Mm, yeah, we could. We could if we. You want to list individual names? Some local media forever. members. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, I guess it is. Doug. Everyone. Doug. <laughs> yeah, Doug is on that list. Doug was Doug on the uh, OU can't recruit uh, text line. I can at go one point? back through his text and see. I can go back in the archives. No. No, because um, I remember we had this whenever someone decommitted or, or something happened, there was this, oh, use the bridesmaid. They'll never be able to recruit. Venables that was like three done, weeks ago. The honeymoon is over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a very short amount of time ago. So, yeah, there you go. All right, quick time out. More from the rush coming up. Uh, hanging out at FSBO Homes today. Check them out, fsbohomes.com. Give them a call, 405-594-7911. If you're considering selling your home, you got to think about going this route. They've got a group of local qualified professionals to help guide you from pricing all the way to sell. It's a better strategy to attract the right buyer. They're going to uh, photo your home, market it perfectly online. That's where all the action happens these days. It's all online. It's not done through the MLS. They've even got attorneys to help all the way through closing on the back end and no surprises, just a upfront fee. You know what you're going to pay, uh, not going to have any surprises, and ultimately going to end up probably saving you a ton of money other than going the traditional route and having a bunch of fees pop up at closing. Again, fsbohomes.com, 405-594-7911.
Final hour of The Rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lemon. We're the homeless Sooner fans live on The Ref. Air Coverage Solutions text line 405-651-3439. Hey, Brent Venables did it again today at the OU Football Coaches Luncheon. I think that I brought it up to you last week. I heard him at Big 12 Media Day talking about TCU transfer Tyler Guyton on the offensive line yep. saying like, Oh yeah, eh, Likes him a watch lot. out for this guy. He's really going to push for some playing time. And when he was mentioning the offensive line, he brought up Tyler Guyton again. So, ah, God, we got to keep our eyes on him throughout training camp to see if he really pushes to be one of your starting tackles. Oh yeah, yeah. It was, um, it's it, you know, through through spring, the conversation with the staff was like, you know, he's he's got to get up to speed, but there there's a ton of untapped potential there. If you know, if we can get him to where he's he's locked in and he understands this offense and you know physically continues to come around, then he could be could be really something special. And then at the beginning of the summer, it's like, man, he's already made some good progress. And then at the middle of the summer, it's like, it's starting to click. Like, the offense is starting to click. He's starting to really understand what's going on. And physically, like, the dude is coming out of his shell uh, in, in Jerry Schmidt's strength and conditioning program. So that's exciting stuff. Because here's the thing, man, tackle – it's the toughest spot on the offensive line to play. And let's say, and I, I don't know if it's right or left, but let's say he starts to battle with Wanye Morris for that right tackle spot and ends up winning the job. Well, that doesn't mean that you have to take Wanye Morris and, and put him on the bench as a second teamer. You can move those guys down inside yeah. just to f- make sure you get your five best players out there. And I'm not suggesting that that may happen. I'm just, you know, there's different options to get your five best out there. I, I think Guyton, just because of his size, may be stuck at that tackle spot because he's like he's like six eight, man. He's he's gigantic. So it, I think it may be difficult to move him to the inside. But I guess you can't you can't take away any of the options. Yeah, Brent also made a comment, I don't, it wasn't today, it was last week at Big 12 Media Day, where he kind of gave off the vibe of, you know, he believes in rewarding guys who, you know, practice well, do the right things with playing time. It doesn't seem like whoever the starting 22 are, like, they're going to get all the snaps. Now, I, I don't think that he's going to necessarily rotate guys in like Grinch did, which drove people crazy at times. But I, I feel like with this staff, especially defensively, I got the feel that they're going to rotate some dudes in. Like, they're not going to rotate dudes in that they don't think can play, but however many dudes they think can play, like, we're going to see a lot We're going to see a lot of that, at least in the first two games of the season. I got that feel yeah. from him. I think, I think they're – well, a lot of these things will play themselves out in training camp. Okay. A lot of these things are going to play themselves out in training camp. For the ones that don't, and you play a couple of different guys, I don't think it's going to be a season-long ordeal. My guess is it's going to be a, um, we'll play two guys until it's clear that one has elevated over the other. And then 
we'll, we will either start to only play that guy or at least give a much larger um, piece of those those snaps to the, the guy that's elevated. Yeah. Now, on the defensive line, it always gets murky because you're going to rotate a heavy amount of guys through on defensive line no matter what. Like That's just what you have to do at D-line. But your back seven, you know, typically those guys don't rotate through nearly as much. So we'll see. So if, uh, if you're just now tuning into the show, uh, Britt Venables had an OU coaches luncheon today. It's a yearly event put on by the uh, Citizens Advisory Board of Norman. They, they do a lot of cool uh, charity work here. My three biggest takeaways, um, he really likes Dylan Gabriel, man. Really likes what he's about. Really glowed about his QB. That was takeaway number one. Takeaway number two is how much he thinks of Billy Bowman and what kind of year he can have this year and what kind of career he can have. And then probably number three, the comparison between Danny Stutzman and Rocky Kalmus, just in terms of how instinctual he is, uh, a lot faster than what he probably tests out, incredibly tough as well. I mean, there's a lot of things that I took away from that. I mean, he said he really likes the nucleus of the offensive line, likes the mindset of the football team, all that. But those three about individual players really, really stuck out to me. And then also yeah. him uh, getting mad at Thad Turnipseed for saying he's the closest thing to Nick Saban he's ever seen. That made me laugh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the Bowman stuff is is really interesting. Um, yeah, athletically, very gifted football player. And I think he's got it upstairs too. You know, like, like I said earlier in the show, he he was put to the test last year as a true freshman playing several different spots. Not easy to do. That is a really, really tough ask for a young kid like that, and and he did a really good job with it for the most part. And I, I would expect him to take some really big leaps. I mean, there's several guys. Bauman, uh, Stutzman, and Downs defensively and I'm, I may even throw Stripling in there too but more so those three guys right? those three guys have a chance as true sophomores by the end of this season to really cement themselves as the core of your defense yeah. on all three man, levels man that'd be a good place to start for year two right have the core of your defense no multiple doubt. guys buddy whoo you get a quarterback no coming back that it. year, too. Woo! Your three-year prediction starting to look uh, pretty good. Yep. And, I, you know, I, Stripling, I think, has uh, a really high ceiling, but I think he's going to get to that sweet spot maybe a little quicker than, than those other guys, but I could be wrong on that. Uh, heck, maybe they're all playing at, at top end right out of the gate. We'll see. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap things up next here from FSBO Homes. Stay tuned.
Final segment of the day, Riverwind Casino and Hotel bringing you the final hour of the rush. You were off on Friday. I'm sure you still saw it, but the SEC media poll where Vanderbilt got a first-place vote made me laugh all weekend long. Where A lot of people got upset by it, but it's like, guys, it doesn't matter. It's funny to me that Vandy got a first-place vote in the SEC media poll. God, that is great. Well, by the sounds of his uh... – his speech up there, I think it may have been the head coach. Yeah, Clark think, Lee. You know, yeah, yeah he said that they're going to be the number one uh, program in the country. You know, I guess he didn't put a timeline on it. But, you know, the way that everything works, like this multiverse, there may be a, uh, a, a universe somewhere in the cosmos where Vanderbilt in a de- different dimension, is the Alabama of college I sure football. hope so. I, I sure hope so. I guess the the official Big Ten poll gets released tomorrow, but there's like these guesses on what the Big Ten poll is going to look like. All of that to say that uh, the thought is, is that Nebraska is going to be picked to finish fifth in their own division behind Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, and Purdue. Well, that'll be quite the – quite the story considering ESPN FPI earlier this year didn't it pick him to win it picked him to win the Big Ten West yeah picked yeah. Uh, Nebraska to win the Big Ten West and I think they still they still might be because they still picked Texas to win the Big 12 yeah yeah that's that's something there you go ESPN FPI doing the hard work all right guys we appreciate you another fun day you killed it on the